declaration. Um, okay. This is, say it with me, this is my Bible. My Bible is the Word of God. The Word of God is Jesus Christ. It is my weapon because it is infallible. This word slays sickness. This word defeats demons. This word eradicates hidden faults, deliberate sin, transgressions, and abomination. My Bible is the ultimate truth. This truth invades the darkness and exposes weakness, lies, cowardice, and doubt. My Bible injects hope, love, and trust into my insecurities, demanding that I raise my level of expectation. It assures me that my Lord guarantees that I will triumph over all the forces in this world arrayed against me because he is the God of the angel armies. I conquer. I see results. I overcome because of my Bible. Amen. Amen. That's, that's my favorite part. Uh, so the Lord told me to talk to you guys about fear. Okay, so I guess I'm the only, onlyest one that gets afraid. The Lord told me to talk to you guys about fear. So I did, this, did part of this message uh, a while back, so I'm just going to revisit it uh, uh, a little bit. And it says, fear not. What would you be doing if you weren't afraid? So pick somebody. Go tell that person what you would be doing if you weren't afraid. If I weren't afraid, I told you I would be applying to uh, Fuller Seminary, and I finished my second essay, so I have one more essay. I have two more essays to do, so I'm doing what I would be afraid of. If I wasn't afraid, I would be pastoring a church. All right, so I want you to tell somebody right now what you would be doing if you weren't afraid, if money wasn't an issue, if you had no fear, if there was no problems, if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? So tell somebody. Go tell somebody. If you're not sitting next to somebody, get up and go to somebody. Ebony and Maryland, you guys, what would you be doing? I'll get back to you. <laughs> what would you be doing if you weren't afraid? What would you be doing, Swari, if you weren't afraid? Nothing. You don't know? Because you're fearless. <laughs> you're fearless. You would call the producers that you know and record in the studio? What else? That's why you're doing it here. That's, that's right. Good for you. The next time you are afraid, ask yourself that. Yes, yes, if you weren't afraid, if you weren't afraid, what would you be doing? If you weren't afraid, if you weren't afraid, if you weren't afraid, what would you be doing? Playing something. Playing what? Instruments? Playing what? Sport? What sport? I'm sorry. All right, we good? Okay, so let's, let's, let's hit it. So, all eyes on me. Like, uh, <laughs> all eyes on me. <laughs> what? That was Friday? 
That was Friday? <laughs> All right. So, yeah, right? It's like, what they doing in there? Get closer. No, 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 get closer. All right. So, all eyes on me like Tupac. The scripture that I use is Joshua 1.9. What? I can't say Tupac? <laughs> Tupac was assassinated. No, he wasn't. No. Uh, Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? This is the Lord speaking to Joshua. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua's taking over. Moses has died, and Joshua is the leader. And he's like, yo, these people, Lord. All right? So that was the scripture. Next slide, please. Now, uh, is everybody here? So there are 1,189 chapters. I'll, I'll say it. 1,189 chapters. I couldn't make it bigger. I couldn't get it on. One th yeah, 1,189 chapters in the Bible. There are over 31,000 verses. Fear not or a derivation of it is mentioned 365 times in the Bible. Is that a coincidence? I think not. 365 times, one for every day of the week. Joshua was afraid. David gets afraid. We all get afraid. And the Lord says, fear not. I'm with you wherever you go. Whatever you're doing, fear not. Fear not. What would you be doing if you're not afraid? Next, please. How about this? Oh, you can't see me. Uh, so I wrote down some encouragers, some encouraging strictures. Uh, there are eight of these, right? I wrote them down because uh, we need to encourage ourselves. Like last week, we talked about our stronger self encouraging our weaker self, right? Isaiah 41.10, uh, 57, Isaiah 57, Psalm 27.1.2, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 32.8. I will, be, I will direct you along the best pathways of your lives. I will advise you, and I will look after you. Who, who is that out there? Tell them to come in. Not be peeking through the door. All right? So uh, when we get discouraged, we use these scriptures. Uh, when I was in Chicago and this thing was going on with my aunt, uh, 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 some stuff was going on with my aunt, I owed, like, $30,000 to her care facility. Her insurance didn't want to pay the money, and it was just all this stuff. So I just was walking through, and I only knew one scripture, one at that time. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And I walked and just said that scripture. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my light and my, and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I just kept saying it, right? And I just kept saying it, and the Lord started to encourage me. The Lord started to encourage me because I was driving fear out. And it says, when you resist the enemy, he'll flee, right? So Proverbs 18.21, 1 John 4.8, Philippians 1.28. And this is just eight. These are just eight, eight scriptures. I wrote them down. If you, if you, I'll leave them up there so you can, if you, they'll be on the page. So these are encouragers. We talked about last week, our stronger self encouraging our weaker self. So you have to help your stronger self encourage your weaker self. Amen? All right. We weren't 
wired to worry. God didn't make us that way. We put that on ourselves. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. We weren't wired to worry. Give your entire attention. This is Matthew 6:34, the message. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. This might happen tomorrow. This may not happen tomorrow. Uh, this, uh, 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 I can't think. I can't talk right now. It's because I'm worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. That's not God. That's us. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. His word is true. He said it. I got you. I will be with you wherever you go. But we allow the spirit of fear to take over everything. And we can't do anything. We get incapacitated. I use Pastor Teresa as an example. Uh, she has a thing. She, she's been in a couple of accidents. Not her fault, right? Okay. Not her fault. Uh, <laughs> but she hates when people tailgate. She gets, she gets, I just stop in the middle of the street or on the freeway. I don't care. If, if, if I slow down and you're still tail, tailgating me, I'll, I'll just stop the car. That's just me. That's how we used to do it in New York. That's how I do it here in L.A. I don't care, right? But she gets, she gets nervous because of her accident. And I was like, this, this guy was following us the other day. He's in a Yaris, a two-door Yaris, Ebony, a two-door Yaris. We're in our Honda, right? It's just the two of us. Dot's not even in the car. And he is like, and she's like, so she pulls over. And I was like, oh, my God. And I very rarely get scared. It scared me. But she was in a panic. He's tailgating. I was like, babe, even if he hits our car, it's a two-door Yaris. We are in a Honda Odyssey. There are four rows before he even, <laughs> he even gets close to us. But she was panicked. And what happens when you panic? You make rash decisions. You don't, you don't, think, you don't think it through. Mine's, our, our instructor always says, the first, when you're attacked, the first thing you got to do is take a breath. Somebody's choking you. Calm yourself. Take a breath. Because then you can do something. But if you're like, ah, ah, you can't do anything. You can't make decisions. You can't move forward. You can't move backward. You can't do anything because you're incapacitated. God will help you deal with any hard things, whatever they are. Amen? So here are the top five fears in America. Now, we did this. I'll, I'll revisit this. The top five fears in America. Number five, the dark or being in enclosed spaces. I don't care. I love the dark. <laughs> I like tight spaces, too. I don't know what that is. Yeah, don't, that's not even. Uh, number four, heights. Number three, dirt or germs. That's no way. Okay. Number two, that's you. Public speak. I've seen you dirty. That ain't you. Uh, <laughs> uh, public speaking. <laughs> which I highlighted. Number one, I went to a couple different websites. Most people say flying, but snakes and spiders. My wife is afraid of spiders. I've all, I have seen her, there was a lizard in our bedroom. And I, I'm not afraid of those things. And she almost ran into the wall. Yeah, you weren't there. She, she almost ran into the wall, bam, and knocked herself out. And I was like, babe, I, if you just, if you just, if you could just, don't panic. Just, you can just not panic. She was like, ah! And, you know, she's just running. And it's like, where, where are you going? There's a wall. Where you, but that's what we do. 
there's a wall and you're running blindly, I don't care. And nothing, the Holy Spirit can't help you. It can't connect to your spirit because you've allowed the spirit of fear to overtake you. So these are the top five fears. Why did I highlight number two? Huh? Really? No. <laughs> I don't like it, but once I'm up, I'm up. Toot toot. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, why did I highlight number two? Huh? It's the most common? No, it, no. It's how the word of God gets spread. Number two is based on other people's judgment. None of the others are. We're worried about what other people think. We're worried about what other people think. Remember, you thought you were going to slide in, nobody's going to say nothing? Come on, man. You thought you was going to speak me some. Obrigado. Uh, <laughs> you thought you was going to slide in, nobody's going to say nothing? So uh, number two is the only one that's, that's worried. Y'all can take that outside. Uh, no, yeah. no, I'm just I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Number two is the only one that is uh, contingent upon what other people think, other people's judgment. We're so concerned about what other people think. They're going to think this. They're going to think that. They're going to think this. Uh, the Lord told me to say this, and I was afraid to say it because I didn't want, to, I didn't want you guys to hold me accountable. But um, he told me that I need to be fluent in Spanish. I can speak, but he told me I need to be fluent. So what he told me to do is to go to my neighbor who talks to me next door and say, look, you need to talk to me every day. And I was like, why, for real, no. Because I was in the dry cleaners and I was talking to this guy. He was like, he was speaking English and I was speaking to him in Spanish. He was like, your Spanish is good. We were talking, well, we were talking in Spanish at first. And I said, no, no, I need to work on it. He said, you just work on it. I said, um, what does that mean? He said, just work on it. I said, yes, yes, you're, you're saying those words, but I need an example. He was like, just go and talk to somebody. I said, go and talk to somebody. He says, how do you think I learned? I was like, how did you learn? He said, I go and talk to somebody. And I was like, so just go and talk. He said, yeah, just go talk. He's like, I come to this country, I speak no English. And now I speak English, and I'm working in this. And I was like, you, you better go. Amen. Yeah. So he told me, I need you to be fluent. And I was like, what? So you need to go next door. Because she always says, we always say good morning in Spanish, and how are you? She asks me how the baby is in Spanish, that kind of stuff. You got a new dog. He said, go to her and say, we need to talk every day, 15, 20 minutes, solely in Spanish. And I was like, no, because she's going to think I'm crazy. I will be with you wherever you go. If I've told you to do something, Ebony, I've already made arrangements for it. I ain't going to tell you to do something and not make arrangements for you. That's not who I am. I'm faithful. I'm faithful. So if I say, get up and go start an ice cream store in Alaska, <laughs> there are people waiting for your ice cream. Right. There are people waiting. But what we do is we say, the first thing we say as we talk ourselves out is, no, because 
yeah, they're gonna think and she's gonna think and it's gonna be and da 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 da, right? Next, when I do that, when I, what should I do? I'm gonna do it like this and that'll be the slide, right? All right, all right. Global fears. Number one, global fear. Middle East, religious or ethnic hatred, which we don't have to worry about. Number one, fear in Africa, infectious diseases and AIDS, which, you know, we don't have to worry about as much. As much, as much. I like it. <laughs> toot, toot. Joshua 6, 9 through 10. Some of the men, the armed men, marched in front of the priests with the ram's horns and some behind the ark of the Lord's covenant with the priests continually blowing the horns. Do not shout. Do not even talk. Joshua commanded, not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then shout. He's telling this to his, to his armed men and to his priest, Joshua. Can you imagine if me or Pastor Teresa said, won't be no talking. You're going to do exactly what I say do. You guys would be like, but the man of God was doing something. The man of God was trying to teach them something. But we're so busy talking ourselves out of, you can't listen to the messenger of God. I was like, you rolled up on your people and you said, don't talk. Don't talk until I tell you to talk. Y'all would be like, I don't know who he think he is telling me not to talk. I talk, my, my, he my daddy, right? That's what we would be like. That's what, come on. You said it before? You said it before? Zandra's laughing. You ain't my daddy. You can't tell me. If your daddy told you not to talk, you probably talk anyway. She's four, and I'm like, stop talking. She's like, why? And I'm like, so I won't do an elbow in your face. That's why. I'm like, don't talk. Why? What? What? Do not shout. Do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then you shout. That's what he told them. As they're marching, okay, they're marching around the city of Jericho, right? They're marching around the city of Jericho. And that's what they had to do. Proverbs. You, you, you know it as um, life and death is in the power of the tongue. But this is the message. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or their fruit. You choose. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or their fruit. You choose. So I'm going to set this up for you. Did you do it? Okay, that's cool. I'm going to set this up for you. You're the best. This is Jericho. All right, this is what they had to march around. It's 22 square miles. So when we think about them marching around the walls of Jericho, we think, yeah, I, I, I'll break it down for you. I got you. I got you covered. So when we think about them marching around the walls of Jericho, in our mind somehow, or at least in my mind, it's something like this. So they're marching around the walls of Jericho, so we're thinking this, right? So that, that's, that's it. We, if it's 22 square miles. It takes seven and a half hours to walk 22 square miles. Seven and a half hours. They marched around the walls of Jericho six days. 
That's six days of work. Seven and a half hours they marched around the walls of Jericho. Seven and a half hours, right? They marched around. And Joshua said, do not shout. Do not even talk. Not a word until I tell you to shout. So for seven and a half hours, Zandra, you ain't my daddy. For seven and a half hours, they had to, they had to not talk in ranks. They had to walk around and not talk until Joshua said so. So six days, they walked around for seven and a half hours and didn't say anything. On the seventh day, they did it seven times. Seven times. <laughs> that's, what, over 50 hours? So that's two days, at least two, three, three, day, three two and a half days. They marched around the walls of Jericho, not uttering a word. They marched around the walls of Jericho for, let's say, 50 hours. Let's say 50 hours. Maybe you can't fathom 50 hours. Let's say two and a half days. Not saying a word because the man of God said so because God was trying to do something. I just wanted to give you an idea. Thank you, Jessica. Doot, doot. Now, the reason Joshua said not to say anything, why do you think Joshua said not to say anything? i tell you why Joshua said not to say anything. Because we talk ourselves out of things. We talk ourselves out of things. God's already told you this. And you talk yourself down. Numbers. You guys all know this story. Numbers. Caleb, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we certainly can do it. God has already given them this land. Amy, God has already said, This is yours. Just go take it. Go across the street and move into that, that, that facility across the street. Just go. It's yours. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread it among the Israelites. They spread a bad report about the land they had explored. And they said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Caleb and Joshua said, we could do this. God already told us, ours. let's just move in. Let's just move in. They came back, the other ten, and so those guys are big. The Nephilim were the fall. The Nephilim means fallen ones in Hebrew, fallen ones. So they were referring to fallen angels. So the thought was back then that these were the fallen angels. So they bred giants. So jo Joshua and Caleb came back and said, "We can do it." Ten other dudes said, "No, nah, we can't do it." Nah, yeah, I'm telling you, it ain't. It ain't. They came back with great. It took two of them to bring a thing of grapes back. That's how big it was. Talk about milk and honey. God said, this is yours. This is yours. But you talk yourself out of it. That's why he said, don't say a word. I don't want to hear you say anything. Because we talk ourselves out of what God has already given us. Out of fear, doubt, uncertainty. I'm scared of what they're going to think about me. I'm scared of what the lady next door is going to think about me. But you better know next time I see her, 
I'm going to be like, hey, look, uh, <laughs> hola, como esta? <laughs> right? I'm going to do it because God said do it and whatever happens. She might say, you know what? I can't do it, but my friend is a teacher and she'll do it for free. Who knows what she might say? She might say, oh, yeah, great. I teach the kids. You can come and sit with them. Who knows what she might say? But we work, we work these things out in our mind. We can't do it. We seem like grasshoppers in our own mind, our own eyes. And they looked, and we looked the same to them. When I met Pastor Teresa, she told me, <laughs> she told me I was a two-liter in a Coke can. She told me I was a two-liter of Coke in a Coke can because I'm so big. People ask me how tall I am. I say 6'10". And I, yeah, that's right. And I walk like I'm 6'10", and I act like I'm 6'10", until I really see somebody who's 6'10", and I'm like, come stand next to me and see how tall you are. We met a seven-foot dude the other day. He was seven feet, and I said, come stand next to me. Babe, look. I was like, I'm almost as tall as he is. My stronger self is always encouraging my weaker self. Always been that way. Had to be that way when I was little. Had to be that way. We talk ourselves out of what God has for us. We do it all the time. We do it all the time. Every little thing. Oh, well, this thing. Oh, well, that thing. Oh, well, my mama's going to say. Oh, well, my daddy's going to say. And some of you know the story. When we started this church, our parents said, that ain't what God's calling y'all to do. God's calling y'all to be pastors in training. I was like, I would love to be a pastor in training. I don't want to be no pastor. I don't want to do this. I, hey, how about, and I was like, Lord, how about I'll be a pastor in training forever? <laughs> and I'll just do whatever they say do. I ain't got to make no decisions. I don't have to be the, the, the point of people's ire. I don't have, people have, I was like, let's do that. And Lord was like, nah. You got to do this. So I was like, you know what? We love you guys, but that's not what God's calling us to. God's calling us to pastor. And they were like, no, he's not. And I was like, okay. So you talk to him about that, and you get back to me. I'm not going to argue with you about what God's told me to do. That's how come, if you ever notice, if you're talking to one of us, me and Pastor Teresa, if you say, God told me this, I'll be like, okay. I'm going to argue with you about what God told you. Keep in mind that if God told you and you're coming to me, he's already told me too, right? So if you say God said it, and I look at you this way, that means he didn't say it to me, but I'll say okay, right? Because what, what am I going to do? God told me to go try to pick this car up and throw it. Okay, I don't think that's the best idea, but if you believe that God told you that, you go right ahead and do that. But we talk ourselves, we let other people tell us, oh, we, uh, you shouldn't do that because this thing and that thing. You know, my friend, he tried to, and then it ended bad. And we're like, oh, yeah. And see, that's when the enemy gets a foothold. Because when I was single, I loved to live alone. I didn't like to have roommates. I would do whatever I could to live alone because God was speaking to me then, even though I didn't realize it was God, go do this thing. And people, there are people who say, don't do it. And I just shut them out and go home. If you, I have friends, and they'll tell you. If they start talking, I'm like, look, I can't listen to you. Bye. But we're afraid to do that to people. I don't want to hurt your feelings. Uh-uh. 
My mom does it all the time. Her mother, if you're talking to her about something God said, if you start talking negative, she's like, okay, I can't talk to you, bye. And granted, she's 70, so I guess by the time I get, you know, you understand, I guess, <laughs> you know. So if God's told you to do something, if your friend is talking, well, this, look, I can't talk to you, bye. If your friend is going to dissuade you, if your friend is going to introduce a spirit of fear into your heart, into your spirit that wasn't there before, I can't talk to you, bye. You were rude. Yeah, I'm sorry. God told me to do this, and I don't need, if you're not with me, you are against me. If we're walking, and I'm going this way, and you're going that way, you're against me. If you're going any way but the same way I'm going, you are against me. And it ain't personal. But God told me to do this thing, and you're telling me no? You don't support that? That's cool. I love you. Bye. But we don't do that. Right? We, we listen to them, we argue with them, we try to explain to them, we try to tell, I, I'm, I'm going to give you my, I don't have to tell you anything, I don't have to persuade you of anything. That's how I was before God, that's how I am now. If God said do this, I don't, I don't have to convince you, I don't, of what God's told me to do. I don't have to convince you. You don't have to convince me. You don't have to convince her. If God's told you to do this thing, more likely... More often than not, he's already told us to as you're covering. So we're going to know. Sometimes he's told us stuff that he's told you, but y'all ain't doing it. So what are we supposed to do? Listen, the Lord said, and you better do it. You better do it in the name of Jesus. I ain't got time for all that. God told you to do it. You know God told you to do it. God's making preparations for you. He's making provisions for you to do it. Be about it. What is it? Be about it and not, what is it? Be about it and not talk about it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. I knew somebody from the 80s would know. All right. So what we did. No, 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 no. No, this, no that's cool. I'm sorry. I just got excited. <laughs> so who knows who Josephus is? I like Josephus. You know who Josephus is. Josephus is a Roman Jewish historian. He's a Jewish guy brought up. He fought against the Romans, and then he, became, he renounced his Jewish citizenship and became a Roman. Roman. Yeah, he, I was like, this dude. But he chronicles the, the Jewish history. Jo, Josephus, uh, he recounts the history of the world from a Jewish perspective for a Roman audience. Who else did that? A lot of the writers of the New Testament did that. But it gives insight to who Jesus is. It gives insight to early Christianity. So when people say that didn't happen, here's this historian saying a lot of the same things that the Bible is saying. So one of the things that they talk about, some people say it's a myth, but there's a dude named Honai. Honai, 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 the circle drawer. And there's a book called uh, The Circle Maker, right, that's out. Uh, whether you, now let me, let, me, let me give you this caveat. We are not prosperity pastors. We're, we're not into, you know, all of that. If you walk with God, God's going to do what he says. God's made you promises with blessings in those promises. If you walk with God and you do what God says, you're going to be blessed. Simple as that. God's going to do what he said. God is faithful. All right. So Honai, uh, he was known for making it rain. Not... <laughs> but... You know, he was known for making the rain come down from the sky. Because I saw y'all, I saw y'all, I saw you. Don't even try it. 
I was like, Hona is known for making it rain. They were like, oh, maybe. Okay, so Honai was known for the rain coming out of the sky. So it hadn't rained. <laughs> so <laughs> Yaya's like, I know he just didn't do that. I know. He just did. Yes, yes, yeah, I did. So, um, ho, ho, yeah, okay, sorry. So Honai, so it hadn't rained. It, it's, over there, it's like it over, over here. It usually rains in the wintertime. And it hadn't rained. There was no rain. It was a drought. So Honai goes. And he draws a circle in the ground, and he stands in the circle. And he says, Lord, I will not move from this circle until you make it rain. They didn't say how long it took, but it started to rain. This, this, he's putting a demand on the Lord and the Lord's powers through prayer. He's making a declaration. He walks with God. He's a child of God. And he says, Lord, this is what I need. It starts to rain. And then he says, Lord, I'm not talking about that kind of rain. I mean, it starts to drizzle a little bit. So then they say it starts to rain torrentially, just torrential rain. It was raining, it was raining so much it started to flood. So then he says, no, Lord, I'm not talking about that kind of rain. And it starts to just rain gently but persistently. The circle maker. So he believed that he had God's ear. He believed that when he spoke to God, something would happen. He believed that he was a man of God. He believed that the promises that God made to him were true. And God probably told him, you can make it rain. And he walked in that. He walked in that authority. He walked in that belief. He didn't let anybody tell him different. He stood in the circle, not listening to anybody else, and he asked God. Now, Josephus, the reason I put Josephus up there, because he's written about him. He's a historian. So this actually happened, right? So that's why I put Josephus up there. But he walked with God, and he said, Lord, this is what I want. Wherever there's a problem, if you trust God, a victory is about to take place. I'll say it again, and you're going to say it with me. Wherever there's a problem, if you trust God, a victory is about to take place. But what we do is when there's no help, we can't see anything, Amy. We don't know what's going on. Uh, we're, we've been waiting. Lord, you told me you was going to bless me with it. Where is it? I need it. The bill is due. It's due tomorrow. What's, what's going on? Then, uh, then we start to doubt. Then we start to talk to ourselves. We start to talk ourselves out of God's victory. That's what they did. The Lord said, this is, your, this is yours. Go take it. Across the street, go get it. But they said, no, they talked themselves out of it. So it took them 40 years to make a three-mile trip. Huh? Oh, wherever there's a problem, if you trust God, a victory is about to take place. Because they didn't trust God for this victory, it took them 40 years to make a three-mile trip. They were three miles from where they were supposed to go. Three that's from here to OMG, probably three miles because they didn't trust God. Not only did they not trust God, they talked themselves out of it. Oh, we, uh, we can't do this. We can't do that. Pastor Teresa will tell you, <laughs> if I say something and then she goes, oh, well, I'm like, I can't, li I can't hear you. I don't listen. I... And she used to get mad. She doesn't do it anymore. You don't, you don't, you don't get mad now, right, babe? Okay, see? She used to, no. <laughs> she used to get mad. 40 years, 
right? God had promised them the good things, the good things. Last week we talked about what are the good things that God has promised you. He's going to give them to you. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? What you're supposed to be doing is encouraging yourself. What you're supposed to be doing is say, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen thine heart. What you're supposed to be doing is helping your stronger self encourage your weaker self, right, to wait. It's going to be all right. He already told me. Yes, we're already going to do this. We got this dog. We got the dog. We got this dog, right? Finally got this dog. It's a purebred dog. Everybody stops us with this dog. And it's funny, and, and, I, and I, I don't think of myself as, uh, as egotistical or caring about what other people think, but we used to have two childs, red childs, and people used to stop us all the time with these red childs. You know, I want to get my hair color like that. Oh, my God, what kind of dogs are these? Da, 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 da. And so when, when we had to put them down at 14, Ebony, I, I said, Lord, I want another dog that's like that. Because what it does is it, there's something about the dog that kind of quells people's fears or whatever, you know. And I was like, I want another dog like that. Then we got this other little dog that, that didn't work out good. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's another story. But... Um, we got, somebody called us about this Australian Shepherd. And Australian Shepherds are usually black and white. This one is, is brown and white, red and white, with, with like these like hazel blue eyes. And when he looks at you, it's almost like he's looking through you. Yeah, so I was like, okay. But I, I took him to the dog park the other day and everybody stopped. He's, he's four months. So I took him to the little dog park. So he's running from the dogs, he's running from the people. He's, just, he's not been around other dogs. But my daughter prayed for this dog. She prayed. And I, I keep bringing it up because there was no question in her mind that God was going to bless her with a dog. Lord, I want a dog. I want a dog. And I was like, babe, she prayed three months. I want a dog. I want a dog, Lord. I want a dog at night. At night, she prays for you, Aswardi. She prays for you, Sophia. She prays for you, Christian. She prays for you, Naya. <laughs> She prays for you, Sean, and then she prays for her dog. <laughs> she prays for Grand T sometimes, but she always prays for you, Sean. <laughs> prays for Grand T sometimes, but she's praying for this dog, praying for this dog. And then it was a Friday, and she says, Lord, I want my dog to come soon. Saturday, we went and got this dog. Okay, I'm sorry. It was a Friday. She says, Lord, I want my dog to come soon. Saturday, we went and got this dog. Amen. Right? Because, Lord, this is what I want. You haven't said no. That means not yet. This is what I want. So we went and got this dog. Now, the dog, we got him, finally got his shots and stuff, and so I gave him a bath yesterday. I gave him a bath yesterday, which was, and she was helping, which was a whole fiasco. But I found out the dog has fleas as I'm bathing. Yes, I was like, and I was like, I've never seen no fleas this big, and maybe, I was like, what's going on? So I'm, so I'm washing the dog and fleas. So I'm washing them down, get, picking the fleas off, da 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 da, because I'm about to apply a flea uh, repellent. Um, pardon me. So, um, so after I do all that, uh, he he peed on the floor. So I got mad, and I was like, listen, flea bag, da 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 da, yeah. <laughs> so I started calling him flea bag. And, and this is what I'm talking about, the minute things, the tiny things. It's like, flea bag, stop it, flea bag. You know, because I, I kind of get in the rhythm with words. And, you know, you get in the, if you understand what I mean, when you get in the rhythm with the words, you start saying them all the time. It's like, flea bag, don't do this. Flea bag, flea bag. And Holy Spirit said, you need to stop calling them flea bag. You just apply. 
need to stop calling him Fleabag. His name is Jake. But you need to stop calling him Fleabag because you're speaking life into him having fleas. Something as simple as that. You're speaking life into the dog having fleas. And if you have a dog or you have fleas in your house, no. No. So the Holy Spirit said, don't say that. So then I started calling him Fleeless Joe Jackson. <laughs> He's my dog. I can call him what I want. <laughs> I feed him. I walk him. I can call him what I want. Fleeless Joe Jackson. So I started calling him. So the Holy Spirit spoke to me. So I'm thinking, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about Jake, about our dog. If the Holy Spirit is going to speak to me about Jake, don't you know he's going to speak to you about the major things in your life? We speak life to these things. We speak death to these things because <laughs> we speak life and yeah, we speak life and death to these things. I'm just going to read this. I, I, I'm trying to get this out. I didn't want to make it a, a, a series, but um, I need a reader. Do I have to pick somebody? Okay. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Oh, sir. Yes, sir. No, uh, no, 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 no. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I wouldn't do that. So, 2 Kings 4, 18, 26. I'm going to set this up for you. This is the Shunammite woman. Uh, yeah, this is the woman that asked the man of God to bless her with a child, right? He said, what can I do for you? She said, I don't have, we don't have children. He blessed, he prayed, and God gave her a son, all right? Now, uh, the power of life and death is in our tongues, right? Words are either fruit or they're poison. You choose. When God tells us things, I'm just telling you what I tell you. When God tells us things, we either, we either speak life to them or we don't. I'm going out of the country to do mission work. Uh, you shouldn't do that. They eat dogs over there, and they kill people, and they're going to take you hostage. And next thing you know, you're sitting right here in L.A. in your house because somebody taught you how to do a mission work. I'm going to another country. I'm going to California to play football for a school. Oh, you, oh, you shouldn't do that. California is crazy. They got gangs out there. And right now, it's 100 days, 100 nights. You shouldn't do that, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. We speak life and death to things every day. Something as minute as the dog, something as major as the mission that God has put on your heart to do that's going to inspire, encourage, and touch other people. We speak life and death to these things. So the Shunammite woman, her son gets ill, and this is what happens from 1826. You got it? Yeah. Is that 18? The child grew. Yep. <coughs> the child grew, and one day he went out to his father, who was with the reapers. My head, my head, he said to his father. His father told the servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today, he asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. It's all right, she said. 
She saddled the donkey and said to her servant, lead on, don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to a servant, Gehazi. Gehazi, look, there's the... Shunammite. Shunammite? Mm-hmm. Run to meet her and ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. Okay. The son died. They had built a house for Elijah. They had built a room, thank you. They had built a, they had built a room for Elijah, right? She went up and laid him on the bed. She didn't tell her husband. She didn't tell anybody. She laid him on the bed and she went to see him. He says, Gehazi, go ask her, is everything all right with your husband? Everything's all right. Is everything all right with uh, you? Everything's all right. Is everything all right with your son? Everything's all right. She didn't say, oh, no, my son is dead. She did not do that. Why did she not do that? We speak life and death. She said, you, didn't I tell you not to get my hopes up? Didn't I tell you, didn't I tell you? Now you need to come fix this. That's what she said. That's mother style. That's what she said. She didn't say, oh, my son is dead. She didn't go to her husband and say, our son is dead. She didn't tell the servants, our son is dead. She did not speak death to the situation. She spoke life to the situation. And if she couldn't do that, she held her tongue. She held her tongue. But we're so busy listening to other people. We're so busy listening to our own stupid thoughts. And they're stupid. If they, t- if they tell you differently than what God's told you, they're stupid. We're so busy listening to these things. The enemy gets a foothold when we do that. Jesus walking with the disciples says, look, day is coming. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. I'm going to be crucified. And Peter says, no, Lord, I'm not going to let that happen. What's he say? What's he saying? Get thee behind me, Satan. That's his boy. I can't talk to you right now. I'll talk to you later. We speak life and death to these things. We're so busy worrying about it. I'm, I'm going to read something to you that uh, one of my, oh, wait. I'm going to read something to you that one of, one of my favorite pastors says. Well, he says, prayer is prophesying your future. Actually, she, she said it this morning. Prayer is prophesying your future. How do we encourage our stronger selves? How do we encourage our stronger selves to encourage our weaker self? Through prayer. We pray the scriptures, and we pray God's promise back to him. God, you said that you wanted me to be the pastor of this church. Show me how to lead. You said that you wanted me to be a pastor of this church. This is my prayer. And I, show me how to be more compassionate. You said that you want me to be a pastor of this church, show me how to do A, B, and C. You said, when things aren't going right, Father, you said, or you pray the scriptures, you said that you are my light and my salvation. I shouldn't be afraid of anybody. You said that if I honor my mother and my father, my days will be long in this earth. You said that you will guide me along the best pathways of my life and not just watch over me, but advise me, Lord. You said these things. You have to speak life to the situation. So I want everybody to do this, and we're going to stand up. Mm-hmm. We're going to stand up. Everybody stand. 
if you're able, and everybody was able, because I saw you walk in, Christian, wake up, stand up. <laughs> wake up, stand up. And I want you to say this, shh. Oh, uh, uh, oh, it didn't change. Shh, be quiet. There's a victory taking place. Shh, be quiet. There's a victory taking place. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm going to get my victory. You don't have to uh, say it loud, but I get energetic about these things. God is working it out. God is working it out, Kenny. God is working it out. God is working it out. Marilyn, God is working it out. God is working it out. Sir, God is working it out. Alita, he's working it out. He's working it out. Ebony, he's working it out. Mark, God is working it out. So what I've done, a la the circle maker, is I've brought back our prayer basket. Because this is the same thing as the circle maker. It's an outward expression of an inward conviction. You're going to take a sheet of paper, if you haven't already, and you're going to write down something that you want God to do, that only God can do. So for us, it would be our fully loaded house, no down payment, because only God could do that. For us, it would be our boys, because only God could do that, right? Now, my father-in-law wrote when his back was out, that he couldn't walk he couldn't move. They were talking about major surgery on a 70-year-old with a 20% chance of recovery. He wrote, and he put in here that he wanted to walk again. A few months later, he came through the doors of our church on a cane and ran out one of the other doors. I had to go look for him. I didn't know where he was because God healed his body. Now, in that healing, within that healing, Miss Clara, we have to be prudent. Yes. We have to be prudent. So I want you to write down something that only the Lord can do. A financial blessing, that's, that's, you know, that's peas. I'm talking about meat and potatoes. Something that only the Lord can do. Something that only the Lord can do. Shh, be quiet. There is a victory taking place. God is working it out. If you want children, God's working it out. If you want to build something, God is working it out. If you want to start a business, God is working it out. If you're praying for your children, you're praying for your legacy, God is working it out. And when you get those negative thoughts, remember I told you before, you don't have to own every thought that comes into your head. Shh, be quiet. God's working it out. You're saying it to yourself. Shh, be quiet, Stephanie. God's working it out. He's working it out. I already seen it. Some of it in it. Shh, be quiet. God is working it out. So I want you to write down. I want you to write it down what only the Lord can do. Only the Lord can do. Uh, I want you to write down what only the Lord can do. Only the Lord can do, Amy. Not something you can do. Lord, I want the apartment. I want to move into the apartment next door. You could do that. You know, but Lord, I want. You know what? I want this job. I want to hear. Work that out. The offers that they're making, I, well, I don't want to. The offers that they're making me, I want that here. Work it out. I called Fuller. I said, look, I ain't got no money. She said, come. Write your essay. When you get in, this is what she said. When you get in, you take your first class, apply for a scholarship. And I was like, Lord, I want that scholarship because I don't have the money that Fuller's going <laughs> to. I don't even know. 
pressure or whatever you want. Whatever you want, whatever you want. Pressure. Be specific. Specificity. Specificity. And this is only for you. Get through and through. Good, good, good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Wait, uh, 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 just hold on to it. I'm going to have you come up. I'm going to have you come up. And the reason I'm going to have you come up, because you're walking up, is an act of faith. You getting up and putting it in the basket is an act of faith. If you refuse to do this, that's on you. Now, I'm not going to say I don't care. I'm just going to say <laughs> I'm going to make sure I get my blessing. I'm going to make sure I get my blessing. I have some things that uh, I've asked the Lord for that I expect, and I'm preparing for them. We're preparing to move. We got boxes from Ebony, a thousand boxes from Ebony that, <laughs> that we have in our house that we're uh, putting together, and we're packing stuff in because Matthew we're walking 7, in faith. Matthew 7.10 says... Um, Ask God for the moon. Ask God for the moon. Be specific. Matthew, Isaiah. Oh, I'm sorry. Isaiah. I've been off in my scripture. Isaiah 710. Put pressure on God. Ask him for the moon. Come on. And as you finish, just stand to your feet and hold your paper up and worship. Hold your paper up and worship. And I'm just going to rub the anointing oil on your paper as you come by. Can you hold it? Okay. Just hold on to it. The words say, I have found that I am safe and warm in your arms, your loving arms. Your walking up here, putting it in the basket, again, is an act of faith. It's an outward expression of an inward conviction. man of God. Yes? All right, so uh, I'm going to, as Pastor Teresa said, I'm going to anoint your paper, but uh, if the Lord tells me to anoint you, please know that I will do that too. If you have an issue with that, you just let me know when you come up. <laughs> I'm not going to make you all like greasy, greasy, but, you know, you're going to be greasy. The Lord said that you just needed to be poured into today. I wasn't going to ask you to sing, but, but I think you needed to do that. I think yes, you needed to do that. Yeah, so the Lord said that you just needed to be poured into the Lord. So I'm anointing your ears to hear God. I'm anointing your head so that no matter what situation you're in. So let me turn this off. I have found that I'm safe
safe and warm in your loving arms. I have found that I am safe and warm in your loving arms. I have found that I'm safe and warm in your loving arms. I have found that I am safe and warm in your loving arms. You see me, you know me, and you love me through and through. You see me, you know me, and you love me through and through. Through and through.
that can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus <coughs> What can wash away my sins Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the that makes me white as snow no other found I know nothing but the blood of Jesus <coughs> is the flow that makes me white as snow no other found I know nothing but the blood of can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, precious is the Lord that makes me white as snow. No other 
Today is a little long, but God has been doing some things, I know, um, but we did not want to miss doing communion. We did not want to miss praying for you. And in all of this, so many spectacular things have just taken place, even if you don't realize it, yeah. even if you can't see it. Two, mirac two miracles <coughs> took place right now. Those two, one rededicated their life and one got saved today. Jesus. Today, just now. And that's not, I'm not embarrassing you guys. I want you to know I'm not embarrassing you. What I'm doing is I'm letting people know how to support you, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm letting people know how to support you and let you know that you are loved, mm -hmm. okay? There, um, I think I was talking to Vanessa about the concept of the sanctuary. Um, where criminals used to have what they called sanctuary when they came um, in the house of God because if the police were chasing them, if they got to the house of God, the chase was over, they had sanctuary, they were free, they were safe. And a lot of people lived in the house of God because that was where it was believed that if they're not gonna to go to prison, they come into the house of God and they lived in the temple you, and God. they were reborn and they were renewed and they were refocused and, re, and they rediscovered God, they rediscovered who they were. So as we look to God and as you stay on the outside, remember you gotta come inside and get your sanctuary. You got to receive sanctuary. So I thank God that these two have sanctuary here. They have sanctuary here. Some of us need sanctuary. Some of us can't get peace until we come in here. And sometimes it's coming back to God, rededicating your life. And sometimes it's coming to God. But whatever it is, who needs sanctuary from the pressure, 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 pressure. Amen. So we thank God for these testimonies, these requests that are real. And I'm going to read a scripture to you as pastor finishes um, praying because I want to make sure. Please know that if there are any children here that have never 
taken communion or if there are any children here that aren't sure of their salvation, they haven't been led in that prayer by their parents, don't take communion yet, okay? Don't take communion yet. We'll do a special time with you to make sure you understand, okay? So please um, know, and it's okay if you're not going to take it. You just put it on the table, but um, you don't, don't take it until you're sure, okay? Um, and, but if while pastor's finishing up, if you could turn to 1 Corinthians 11. Yeah, no, I'm saying it's not by age. It's just if they're sure and if they already know they've accepted Christ, if they're sure of that, they can take it. Yeah, it doesn't mean if you're little. It just means if you haven't been led in the sinner's prayer. So if Aswarya has already done that with the family, then yes, yes. Oh, 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 I misunderstood. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I'm trying to make sure I have everybody, all the children. Okay, um, Aswarya. Have you, have you accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior? You have. You know that he lives in you. You believe that he's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, 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 amen. That's one baby that the devil can't have so she can take communion. Safiya, are you sure that you are, that you are saved, that the, he is the Lord Jesus Christ and he's Lord over your life? You're sure. Amen. Sometimes people just need to ask you, Naila, are you sure? that the Lord is your Savior? Have you asked the Lord to come into your heart? Have you confessed Christ and you believe with your mouth? Amen. Christian, have you accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior? And you believe that he is your Lord and that you're saved? Amen. Okay, I think that, oh, Sean, I didn't see Sean. I'm like, I'm missing somebody. Sean, have you accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior? You have? You believe that he lives in your heart? Amen. 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 Okay, that you can you are you are free to take communion. Iris Grace Ordell, have you taken have you asked the Lord Jesus to come in your heart? Like we did at home? Have you accepted the Lord as your savior? You going to answer me? Okay, have you accepted the Lord as your savior? Do you believe Jesus lives in your heart? Amen. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, let's stand to our feet as pastor finishes praying for one more person. And then um, when we take communion, you will be dismissed. Amen. If anybody's in the lobby that hasn't, um, please come in. We're going to rise to our feet. First Corinthians 11. And if you turn to verse 27. I'll begin to read the scripture as Pastor Daryl finishes. Oh, thank you. Um, right now, um, just I need everybody to agree in prayer. Um, right now over um, a friend of my a friend someone I know loosely just sent me a prayer request for her husband he has been moved to the ICU um, uh, she had to call 911 yesterday from dialysis and they don't know if her husband's gonna make it if we could just stop where we are and pray for him he's a young he's a he's not even 40 I don't think she said that his um, 
uh, troponin levels have gone up and his heart muscle has been damaged, but the doctor said they don't know the cause. She said because he hasn't had a heart, heart attack or a stroke. She said um, he also suffers from lupus and it could be a flare up. But she said, please, please pray. Um, he could, uh, uh, da, 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 da. anyway, his blood is too thin and they just gave him vitamin K to thicken up his blood and bring the INR level down. She said he is dejected. Please keep us both in prayer. God is able. I need to see you today. Um, he's in UCLA. Father, right now. Mm. Oh, God, please, please. This couple has been battling so long, Lord, so long. Um, and his spirits have been so high. He has been fighting nonstop, Lord. Thomas has been fighting, and Oriana has been fighting, but right now they feel dejected. And out of all the time that he's been sick, this is the first time she's ever contacted me and asked if we could stand in the gap. But Lord, right now I rebuke a spirit of death that is hovering over his body, Lord. We rebuke lupus, Lord. We rebuke kidney failure. We rebuke, Lord, these muscles being damaged, Lord. We speak to his blood. Let the blood of the lamb enter his body right now, Father. We speak to the thickening of his blood. We speak to his inner man. And according to Ephesians 3.16, may Thomas Griffin be strengthened in his inner man right now, Lord. He has to speak healing. And if he is dejected, God, he can't believe you. So Satan, we arrest you now. We speak to the spirits of defeat and despair that are lingering in that hospital room. We speak to the nurses in the ICU. We speak to the doctors in the ICU. And Lord, we pray for strategic methods of healing over his body right now. We speak to his wife, our Oriana, Lord, and we say she is not faltering. She is not giving up. She is not believing that he will die, but she is believing that he will live in the name of Jesus. So we send this word to UCLA ICU right this minute. We send his healing to him right now, right this minute. In an instant, angels are standing over his bed. We speak, Lord, that ministering angels are lifting him and touching him and blessing his body even now even now. It is not by chance that she would send me this message right now while we're in the midst of prayer. So right now we arrest the devil. Right now we arrest the spirit of death. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now we speak healing. Right now we speak healing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.